Hello again. It's me, Peter Alsop, back with my Songs to Chew podcast. This week, our song is the title cut from my Disciples of Perfection album. Over the years, I've observed that many of us men prefer simple, binary, black-and-white ways of seeing our world. We love left-right, up-down, in-out, yes-no, good-bad, friend-foe, and on and on, while women seem to be more capable of holding two conflicting ideas at the same time, without needing to force a resolution. There's actually some brain research that shows that women multitask more easily than men. I used to think that I was great at multitasking until I sat down and really paid close attention to how my brain operates. When I did that, I could see that my thought patterns were actually moving along a linear timeline. Although I could switch really fast from one task to another, the tasks were still organized in a linear fashion, one at a time. I can only imagine what goes on in a woman's brain when she's multitasking, processing multiple tasks all at the same time, maybe like sprinters at a track meet, all racing alongside one another in separate parallel lanes. Exciting, but maybe too much input for me. Many of us men interpret the natural world around us by observing and trying to figure out how it actually works. And then we come up with some logical, sometimes complicated conceptualizations about our social and economic and political systems. And once we understand them, Then we can organize them and manage the chaos around us. We find some other male friends who agree with us, and the next step is to explain our model to our female friends and relatives. One of the most common responses we get is, that's wonderful, dear. Hold that thought for a moment, please. I'll be right back after I feed the kids. That's what's called mansplaining, and it affects much more than just our personal relationships. It's a cornerstone of patriarchy, and it affects every culture on our planet. There's a short book called Don't Think of an Elephant by George Lakoff, a linguist who presents the premise that there are two very different models of seeing and interacting with the world. He calls one the controlling father and the other is the nurturing father method. The controlling father says, it's a dangerous world out there and women and children tend to make many wrong choices about things because they are run by their emotions. So I will make some non-emotional simple rules for them to follow to keep them safe. And the nurturing father says, yes, indeed, it is a dangerous world out there, but I won't always be here to take care of them. So I want them to learn how to be able to make wise decisions themselves when I'm not around. To do that, I want them to be able to practice their skills and hone them in less dangerous situations while I'm still here with them. It's wonderful that men and women come up with insightful analyses and create extraordinary solutions to solve overwhelming problems. But when people in power, most often men with wealth or men in privileged political or military positions or religious leaders or captains of industry, when these people believe in their perfect system, they also fear that they might not be able to control the people who don't believe as they do. So then they use their lawyers or soldiers or thugs or judges or priests or police to force their idea of their perfect system onto those of us who don't have much wealth or power. They resort to using force, torture, fear, killing, abuse, war, and genocide in order to control and manage others. When this happens to us, we need to understand that our natural worldview threatens and frightens these disciples of perfection so much that they join forces and and resources to gain more power in our societies. They figure out ways to demean and control those of us who value our natural world. We frighten them because we understand that our emotions are useful guides that help us make wise decisions. We frighten them because we care about others and involve ourselves with all the people in our diverse communities here on our planet. We frighten them because we are the minorities who live in the margins of our racist societies, the artists, the children, the poor, and the other abled. They are frightened by the love 
of our LGBTQ people, by the strength of our women and girls, by the creativity of our neurologically diverse people, by the energy of our boys, and the long memory and wisdom of our aged and our indigenous tribal people who help all of us learn to live in balance with the animals and plants in the air and water on our planet. And it is contingent on us to find ways to help these disciples of perfection understand that, just like us, they are perfectly flawed humans who want to survive together here on our planet Earth. A light in us shines through our cracks It's one of life's most simple facts Part of our perfection is our flaws It's true, it's the cracks in your perfection That let your light shine through When uncertainty appears, certain people feel fears, feelings huge and very imprecise. So use your head, not heart, they say, if you want to make things nice. These disciples of perfection prefer a life clean and neat. Where everything we say and do is ever proper through and through Though we know real life is always rearranging Disciples of perfection don't like changing It's mostly male brains who say there is no other way must obey traditions, laws, and rules. Without them, life is chaos. We must fight for ideals. It's clear, it's not important how one feels. And so the wars that we have fought, religious rules that we've been taught, came from these fearful thoughts thought by disciples of perfection. of all the rain is perfect with its flaws and pain stumbling paws and feet and flapping wings perfect with the off-key notes it sings when someone lies a thousand perfect tears in perfect eyes in every scraped knee of a child Grandma's ancient toothless smile When we get hurt If we strike back Is that a flaw or just a perfect crack? Is life broken when a beggar begs? Or 
part of life like cracks and eggs, which is where life's perfect light shines through. That light connects us, me and you. A light in us shines through our cracks. One of life's most simple facts. Part of our perfection is our flaws. It's true. It's the cracks in your perfection that let your light shine through. Me too. So I would say that this is definitely a song to chew. Please consider these ideas and share them with others. Question them, extol them, rearrange them, build upon them. I want to thank my virtuoso cello player nephew, Marshall McDaniel, for playing on this with me, and also my dear friend, musician, engineer, and buddy, Greg Hilfman, who plays just about everything else but the guitar on this song and on most of my other albums over the last 25 years. All of my songs, my albums, and videos are available for purchase at my site, PeterAlsop.com. And you may want to order some as presents for the upcoming holidays. They come as downloads or actual physical CDs or DVDs. So thanks for stopping by. We'll see you next week for another episode of Peter Alsop's Songs to Chew. Bye for now. <laughs>